guys, welcome to the inaugural BBF podcast. Uh, we here we have today a couple special guests, including Coach Allison and Coach Taylor. We have a couple professionals. We have a professional barber, Julio Rodriguez. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> we got a professional or ex collegiate swimmer, Merritt Peel. Hello. And Mr. Does Everything, I mean, absolutely everything. He's brought this fancy mic with him today, Kieran Vakamudi. How's it going? All right, first topic today, guys. Oh, wait, we have to introduce our coaches, guys. We have Coach Taylor. What's up? And Coach Allison. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Even off the microphone. <laughs> so, guys, if we can get Allison to talk more on this podcast, um, We'll really probably, what this is for. This is exactly what it's for, so you Speech guys can, can really understand, you know, what Allison sounds like in real life. Um, if you ever haven't taken a class from her or she's looked at you and her mouth has moved, well, now you know what she, she sounds like. <laughs> um, all right, a couple things to talk about today. We decided to do this um, to kind of give you guys a, just some insight on life, fitness, health, and combining it all together and just give uh, our coaches and people an opportunity to share their experiences and how you can uh, apply that, I guess, outside of the gym. So, first up topic, how have you guys enjoyed the cycle, this current cycle? Let's get a member standpoint. Yeah. Merritt, Julio? Julio? Kieran? I like it, I like it. I feel like it's been very uh, focused on purpose and intention and uh, Hearing that every day just helps you uh, move better, and uh, definitely my, my legs are sore every day now. Like every single day, it's like not going away. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I showed up this morning and I wasn't pleased at how I felt, but I mean it wasn't like I was hurting. It was just I was really sore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It hurts to get off chairs. <laughs> <laughs> good thing you stand all day. Yeah. I do like the fact that we built up into things and how we started with the single leg deadlifts mm-hmm. and then built into the full sumo deadlifts. And I don't know how many people actually notice that, though, you know? Like, then that's okay. Like, as long as people show up consistently. But, like, what Kieran's talking about is we had four weeks. Like, for example, Mondays, he's squatting, obviously, but the first four weeks was just step-ups. And then weeks five through eight was front squats, and then weeks uh, nine through 12 coming up will be back squats, and be like a little bit higher intensity. Um, I did write a blog post, which, you know, five people read. So we'll see if five people listen to the podcast. That'd be cool. Are those five people here today? Yes. <laughs> the five departments are six, six, we have five of the Alice six Alice and I people. are only here, and we only read the blog because we're paid to. <laughs> <laughs> and Mayor, what are you gonna say? Oh, I, yeah, it's, um, it's been an interesting progression. I had not noticed that we were progressing the deadlift until this moment, so I'm that guy. Um, but it's been really helpful. And I feel really good right now. So that's, the, that's the best part of the cycle when you feel good. Yeah. I don't know. I think I could have done without the sumo deadlifts. Yeah, the sumo deadlifts are rough. Good thing they ended this week, or at least we deload a little bit next week. But other than soreness, like, do you guys feel like your bodies are in a healthy position? Like, you feel like not like basically like one muscle group isn't like overworked you feel like tweaky anywhere like I feel like that's something that I've noticed is like I feel pretty darn like good throughout 
the whole entire thing by kind of taking those steps backwards to do unilateral stuff, even if it's like slow and boring or whatever. It's like helped me personally. As I've progressed in the gym, I feel like I take more time to warm up before the warm up mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, focusing on activating the shoulder or getting yeah. the legs warmed up or getting the heart rate going before we start going. I feel like that's helped a lot. I've seen you do a lot of like single arm overhead carries and stuff like that. That's yeah. really cool to see you take some ownership of that. Yeah, I try to do it every time. Cool. Uh, going back to the single leg deadlifts and the step ups, I noticed that my right leg is weaker and not I guess definitely as coordinated as my left leg, especially. And so I think that I'm more cognizant of it, I guess, when we do full squats and things like that, to think about actively driving out on the other on leg, the other leg um, instead of, I guess, letting the other one compensate for it. Yeah. So I think building awareness is, like, the biggest thing because, really, honestly, like, what, 90, 85, 90% of our, of our membership is, like, you know, they want to look good naked they want to feel good so I think what this has enabled us to do is I think for the most part during this particular cycle this last eight weeks I haven't at least personally I haven't seen like too many like nicks or knacks or like botherings like of like injuries maybe like here and there where somebody might have done something in a workout like moved a little bit too fast but I think the cool thing is seeing people start to correct some balances and what Hulu's doing I think we're gonna. There's a few people doing it as well because the shoulders like that ticking time bomb, mm -hmm. and like one of the best ways to stabilize is we've seen just like isometric holds or like carries and things like that. Because um, actually going back to kind of Julio and, and life, so Julio was saying uh, his wrist hurt on Friday, mm -hmm. and uh, it wasn't until recently I started thinking about like okay, what do people do on a daily basis like in their regular life? Regular life? And I was like, oh, I wonder why his wrist hurts, but Julio's got giant forearms. I mean, but you gotta think what he does all the time. It's like. They're camouflaged in tattoos, but they're giant. Yeah, they're, they're there <laughs> underneath, the, uh, underneath the ink. But it's like, I mean, he's snipping one hand or combing or um, moving the, 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 the razor. And so I was messing with his forearm on Friday, and uh, it was pretty pretty gnarly you brought me down to my knees from, <laughs> from how much pressure you put on it where it's like I squealed like a girl <laughs> so much pressure on his heart um, but yeah that's just something you have to consider we like the forearms in particular just need some TLC I think in Julio's case since he's such he's literally a handsy guy I mean that's something he has to in the gym as well just, no. with, just no. with me. Okay. <laughs> just with me. Just with fist bumps. Fist bumps But he needs, like, that TLC, because who knows, like, if that plays a detriment to his daily, like, cutting. I, I don't know. Uh, it is, uh, what I do feel most, just from how much uh, we use the shoulders, is is my, my shoulders. Because my, my hands are here mm. for long periods of time. Uh, so while, while this probably does need some TLC, sometimes I'll be like this, and I'll have to kind of shake it out like mid-cut and then come back uh, because it's like the movement's on fire since there's no video in this when Hulu said here oh yeah sorry uh, <laughs> no you're good he looks like a mummy like, <laughs> so his hands are in front of him like real stationary off his body so away from the body but, but I think like if you think just about the majority of our of our athletes a lot of people that are in the gym sit down all day 
So I think that's like the danger of the communities now. Yeah, a lot. Um, so like for me, kind of the intentional part of it is when I'm sitting in my chair, I think a lot about my back position, uh-huh. what it's doing. And definitely kind of coming to the gym and thinking about that a lot more. I'll, I, I just consciously will get up and reposition kind of recognize when I'm putting myself in like a really compromised position yeah. or something like that. I think that's the tricky part just being aware. So like as we like squat or deadlift, um, like that does impact like because we're so sore, our muscles can get a little bit tired than normal. I think like sitting down can sometimes be like almost painful for some people because like the muscles turn off and things start to catch a little bit here and there. But I think... The getting up is the worst part. <laughs> the getting up is... Um, I think Kieran's like probably like the most... Like, yeah, age-wise, the most veteran person in here. Definitely. Delicate. So, yeah, very delicate guys. And then and then we've got like Allison, who's like the most rookie in terms of life, life years. <laughs> uh, life experiences. Life experiences. So... Rookie. <laughs> rookies. <laughs> Um, so do you, what do you, I know so Kieran's what, you've torn your labrum? Uh, yeah, torn my labrum, supraspinatus, and rotator cuff. On a kettlebell swing. On a kettlebell swing. What? So, not well, recently, guys, but. And that probably was the straw that broke the camel's back, not necessarily. Like, there was um, probably some damage existing there yeah, before, yeah. and that just eventually it gave, so. Do you have any, like, nicks and nicks that bother you now? Uh, my IT build will flare up if we do like real squat heavy intensive cycles so I need like that's my reminder to go back and start doing like, the couch stretch or the yeah. uh, hamstring stretch and stuff like that so. and I think we try to like we start trying to incorporate like applicable stretches for like the part C of the day and we'll get into more of that as we talk about the next cycle um, but, but I think a big theme for people to leave with is is uh, to when, when they when they do work out, um, to take what they have in CrossFit and like somehow using the real world, like real world, like in foundations when we teach them how to deadlift, I'm always like, all right, your homework is this is homework for the rest of your life. It's like when you pick up that that box off the bottom shelf at H E B or the Amazon delivery at your front door, think about how you're picking it up. Because like Karen said, there's like the straw that breaks the camel's back, like continued and continued like either overuse or misuse and it's going to come to like one day just something happens and you know snap a finger and literally something snaps or pops or whatever I feel like that's happened very just kind of naturally for me like I'll go pick up an extra off the floor and I'll just I'll squat to pick up I won't punch over anymore yeah and a little part of it is I kind of like feeling the activation, yeah, because well, I'm because I'm sore all the time. And I feel the activation as I'm going down to pick it up, so yeah. it feels kind of good. But it becomes so like just second nature. Uh-huh. Um, but one thing that I have applied for myself from CrossFit to life is kind of just finding a way to do that that movement that's that's challenging for you. That maybe the way I find it is going to be different from Merritt's way, and 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 being aware that there's a way to get there and applying that to everything whether it's something that like in procrastination or like uh, dealing just with, with life in general. It's like just find a way to get there your own way. Mm. It's been really good. Oh, 
now he does AMRAP haircuts instead of <laughs> for quality. <laughs> That's why my haircut was only 30 minutes the other day and not an hour. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Julio is much more expensive per hour now. Sorry. Uh, uh, what was going to say? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I want to hear about Allison, obviously, just came through her wrist injury during yeah. the Open. Yeah. And I'm curious about... Well, that's, that's, that's interesting you point out. So she had been seeing uh, Dr. Brian, one of the... We worked with Dr. Casey Ho, and she, Casey, Casey has a partner, Dr. Brian, and they just figured some things out with, like, her, her lat and her back. Yeah, pretty much I have really bad internal rotation from playing softball and volleyball for a long time. So I compensate for it through, like, my forearms, and that affects my wrists and my elbow. But that was kind of not the problem during the Open. It was just inflammation that never went away, I think, from something at Fittest Games. I don't know what I did, but I think I fell on it and had to rest it for six weeks. But luckily now it's, like, I could hold a handstand without a brace or anything and it didn't hurt so when you came back after that six weeks did you feel a lot better or was it yeah it just like felt weak from not being in a flex position for six weeks but it didn't hurt well she had the cortisone shot yeah and then six weeks in the brace like no like movement I guess six weeks is like significant enough, significant enough amount of time for you to like feel like you can't use it you know yeah, so just, like, doing any sort of, like, front squat or clean or, like, handstand or push-up or anything that put it in that position, it was felt weak and, like, I didn't have very good range of motion, but the more I use it, like, we just eased back into it and limited volume a lot, and now it's fine. But then, like, that kind of played into the other forearm. Yeah, so I think, like, because I wasn't using one arm, but I would still do, like, pull-ups and stuff and hang on the bar, but I was limited in how much I could grip with a brace on one hand. So I was, like, overusing my right forearm, which caused my elbow to start hurting, and it's all getting evened out now. <laughs> well, then there's, like, the elbow and then the lat and the back, yeah, which is really interesting. Well, like, Dr. Brian pointed out was, so she was having, like, a pinch in, like, her right side that we couldn't identify. Left 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 side and they're like we didn't even look at her lat we just knew that there was like an elbow issue as well and then he was like well your lat's not activating not working so it's like putting a lot of pressure in your low back and so he did this thing where what do you do what's the test he tested my lats and like my ability to hold my hand in place while he's pulling on it and it was kind of weak and he could move my arm pretty easily and then he activated my QL by like pushing his finger into it and then he did the same thing, and I could resist really well. So I was compensating for my lat with my back. So I think that just goes back to, like, so obviously, like, she's, like, like her and Taylor are the end of the spectrum, like, the, like, the one, two percent of people that, that are fully committed in their lives to doing this, where, like, the rest of us are, you know, this is our, our one hour or so a day to kind of, like, get healthier. I think even with them identifying like their imbalances I think if we identify them for just like the common folk and change the whole like concept of exercise and health is is pretty interesting like uh, I think two parts that I see that regular members not not necessarily don't know but 
what they gain more knowledge on as they progress through is like their ability to feel their core, like their, their belly, their abs, and then their glutes as well. And it's interesting because they're both kind of cross-related. Like if you, can, if you can brace your belly, that, you know, bracing your belly protects your back or even like squeeze contracting your butt protects your back as well. So a lot of times everybody's got those back spasms, back injuries, quote unquote back injuries, air quotes, um, back injuries, but it's like, oh, you just have weak glutes or you don't have a strong core. And it's just like, as people go through CrossFit, they're like, oh, I can, I can feel my glutes when I like bend over and pick something off the ground where before that wasn't, wasn't the concept. You know, like, well, what started my journey, like I've, I've been working with Active Life for probably six months now and like the whole cascade of like injuries. Active, active Life. Shout active, out, Dr. Dr. Sean. Dr. Sean. So, like, Dr. Matt. The Active Life is a group that invited me out um, to New York to work with some of their staff. And their whole idea is just like using fitness as an avenue of health and like correcting things in the gym before you have to go to like, say, a doctor or like figuring out like muscular imbalances and why your joints hurt and figuring that out inside the gym and then almost like maybe not necessarily the last ditch effort but not having to like spend the money extra money to go to like a uh, specialty care person so correcting imbalances is essentially what they do in, in fitness yeah and so what took me to them was um dr sean was actually doing a seminar in cyprus and um we all went out as coaches to like go talk to him and like, I just have, like, irritating thing. Like, for a while, we couldn't figure out, like, every time I squat on an air squat, like, my right heel pops up every single time. And it's been that way always. Like, I don't know what to do about it. I can think about sitting my hips back. It just doesn't happen. And so, like, he did a couple of tests on me right then and there. And he was just like, yeah, it's something in your back. And I was like, how is my heel related to my back? And he was like, you'd be best if you worked, like, one-on-one with one of our coaches. And so we started doing that and, like, through the strength testing that we did and like everything else like glutes were very weak left to right and then um like I even had huge hamstring weakness and so that was then transferring into my back and whenever I went to go see Dr. Brian um there was one time like my back was super super tender in the middle and uh he was like I think I just like we did some tests and he was like I'm gonna work on your hamstrings today and then whenever I was like yeah like Okay, hamstrings are an issue, but like this place in my back has also been tender, and like I heard it months ago, and it just it comes and goes. And so he started feeling around, and the vertebrae that was the issue was literally like where the innervation, so where the nerves run through your spinal cord or like meet up from your uh, in your spinal cord. That nerve itself was directly co- correlated to the hamstring, and so he was like, all of this is connected, and it's so cool to like finally start figuring out like whether it's just day-to-day life or whether you're trying to be a competitive athlete, like, it's your body and, like, making that connection. Like, oh, whenever something first starts feeling achy, like, hey, if I roll it, if I stretch this, if I do whatever, like, I get to not go to the doctor. I don't have to pay that copay. Like, you just become much more self-empowered to, like, take care of the body you have. And so it's been a really cool uh, journey to figure out. And, like, now it's getting to the point where, like... Now her muscles aren't for show anymore. Yeah. Now they work. Now they actually work, yeah. So, supposedly, my lungs don't, but my muscles do. <laughs> so, but, I think that's, like, the, for me, I think that, like, yeah, it's, it's, I'm now at the point in my CrossFit journey where it's, like, 
yeah, there's still like movements I can get better at, but it's like also understanding how to have longevity with this has been like the coolest, uh, most relevant topic for me right now. Um, I mean, what people don't know is like she took off like the last four months. Yeah. So we're like, hey, don't do like literally cut everything out, focus on getting your body healthy. Like your fitness will come back later. Like just get healthy and then you can your fitness will go up, but we'll raise your ceiling because you're not as hurt anymore. Yeah, there was like literally four months, like, it's always odd because like Frank and I will have conversations like, all right, moving forward, like we're gonna do this, and like these are our goals coming up, and like the same day, like something will happen and I'll get hurt. So I just don't talk to Frank anymore. And and so, um, but yeah, something else happened, like we had a meeting and then like later that day, like something else happened and it was just like, all right, like we need to simplify things. and. For me, I was trying to be a competitive athlete, like it really like felt like it took the wind out of my sails, like, all right, like everyone else is going to regionals right now and that was my goal and like I should be getting ahead of them, but now it feels like I literally is, I'm doing the most simplified basic thing for my body and just trying to be patient with that has been like the biggest challenge. So it was every single time like it sucked like I would coach class and like all right, like I talked to Frank about like what's going on with the workouts and the snap because I no longer like was able to do them. And so, um, but then coming back, it was like all of a sudden like, oh my gosh, like I actually feel like I'm using both legs whenever I run, which sounds weird, but it was like, I just never felt like I had any kick out of one leg. I mean, she was a peg leg. Right, basically. Peg leg with two legs. But it's like, it's it's all, (laughs) and so like just the other day, like being able to do like several strict muscle ups or like to do a strict handstand push up, like things that just I always struggle with, or if I did them, like I was hurt for days after, like it's like, oh, like you just have to educate yourself and like be invested in your personal health, like, and like you you can do a lot of things for a long time. Yeah. yeah, and like that's what we do as coaches. Like when Julio first told me his shoulders bothering, I was like, "Hey, go try these exercises." And lo and behold, it worked. So what works for him, you know, may not work for somebody else, but it worked for him, so he continued to do it. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's trial and error at times for us when we try to figure out, hey, what's bothering this athlete? You know, so um, it's just cooperating, communicating with us. Like, don't hide an injury, essentially. Yeah. Um, kind of segue uh, so into the next cycle so after this next four weeks so we have four weeks we're going to test again so we're going to test again in about in, in four weeks so we'll test the exact same list we had in like 12 weeks ago and then uh, we'll test front squat snatch clean and jerk um, deadlift and then we'll test retest uh, oh bench press bench press oh, how did I forget bench press um, I'm like staring at Julio's chest, like. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Brings <laughs> like a made that chest. <laughs> and then, uh, so and then we'll actually retest like one or two workouts from from this past cycle as well, just to see just some some comparison. So if you logged in sugar wad, it'll be in there. And then, uh, and then so after that final testing week, we'll go into a new cycle, and this new cycle will kind of tweak things a little bit. So what we have is we had like a repeating pattern. So like if you guys notice this past three weeks it was front squats and like the weight went up, the reps kind of went down, the volume stayed about the same. Um, but every week was front squats. 
Um, what we're going to do in the next cycle is we're going to work through some kind of some waves. So like we're going to do like some some one week we'll do like you know a little bit on the higher reps. Another week we'll do a little bit on the lower reps, and like it'll change week to week, but there will be a pattern over every four weeks. Um, so same thing with 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 the Olympic lifts. We'll do that. Um, we'll uh, we'll go through waves of like oh some days some weeks we'll lift heavy. Some weeks we'll lift medium, some weeks we'll lift light. Like, it'll be a different target goal, but there'll be, like, at least some structure to it. Um, but Wednesdays, we will we'll go back to focusing on just, like, longer cardio pieces. Like, Merritt's, like, celebrating over here. Um, so longer cardio piece on Wednesday. Like a marathon row. Yeah, we had a marathon yeah. one day. No. We were doing that. <laughs> As a team of 42. Yeah. <laughs> Each have a 1,000 meters. Um, so... Yeah, we'll have longer cardio days on, on Wednesdays, and then, you know, Fridays will we'll be... I think Friday's continuing the theme of, like, hey, just move, don't think. It's kind of cool. Just people get in their, in their week, and they're just like, oh, the last thing they want to do is think. So having Friday fast workouts is, is good. Um, what are we doing here? Karen and I are texting each other because we don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You are building your podcasting skills. Yeah. Well, we just like I was just curious how long like the recording lasts. Like uh-huh. most of the time, like you listen to podcasts, you're like, oh, we're at that time, and yeah. I was like, is that data? Like, what is that? I mean, that's why I float. I float. I segue, <laughs> and then we'll segue again unless mm-hmm. somebody else has something else to, to bring in. I think we all need to, or we're just excited to talk about the potential changes. Okay. So it's time. For, all right, so I want to talk more about the marathon row, but nobody wants to. <laughs> nobody. Oh, what, what about the marathon row? Go home. I'll do it. All right, we're going to Allison, and then we'll all get, right. we'll get pop sauce. Here we go. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get popcorn. <laughs> we'll have, like, we'll have bedding. Um, in the next podcast, we'll talk about how Dr. Brian saved their backs. We'll have money. The money, the proceeds to the marathon face-off will go to the nearest dog shelter. There's one right down the road. I'm down for this. Actually, this is a great idea. Speaking of you guys, events. Events coming up. <laughs> so we got cake ball in October. We have an in-house weightlifting meet in October as well. Costumes. So, costumes. That'd be sweet. So like this weightlifting meet is open to anybody. Anybody, if you want a snatch, you want a cleanser, come in October. November, we have BBF Olympics coming back around. More details to come. Um, we were in a year hiatus while we built out the back. And then... Friendsgiving that night, and then we're gonna down the line we're gonna schedule some some Christmas stuff as well, which we haven't ever done. So I'd like to do some Christmas stuff in December, which would be sweet. Um, but yeah, Paul and Nibby have done a pretty good job of doing some like social social events during the week. It just gets a little tough because everybody's got you know whatever going on during the week, and they have jobs. You gotta wait and sleep. You gotta wake up. So we'll we'll get that. That's the we'll, I like what they're doing with the social stuff um, as well. Paul made his banana bread. More people would probably show up. Yeah. Ooh, Paul make banana bread. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Don't wait till Friendsgiving. Yeah. Three nope. months away. <laughs> One time a year you get Paul's banana bread once it runs out. I didn't have any. <laughs> It'll change your life. I had a lot. Well, I was, I was, in, I was at the corner of the table learning how to carve a turkey. <laughs> I was laying on a oh, box. Yeah. Like, like a real man. Yeah. Yeah. We're on YouTube. Yeah, we're on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I know how to carve a turkey now. 
We're probably going to have to pull it up again. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean probably? So, yeah, yeah. Cool. so how well did you actually learn it? We yeah. didn't. I mean, didn't. the last time I carved turkey was at that moment. Yeah. So, um, all right. So I guess this kind of shifts a little bit because this is kind of for only the people that really care. Um, <laughs> the five people at the this five table. Five people at this We can't count because there's actually right. six people here. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, Kira brought up a good point. So, so basically, guys, if you're still listening, um, or if you fast forwarded to this part, podcast notes, fast forward halfway. Podcast <laughs> notes. So, box rocks. The or no, not not box rocks. The box rocks released it first, and then morning chocolate. Morning chocolate actually did an interview with Greg Glassman, the CEO of CrossFit. So, Greg, quote unquote, invented CrossFit, and. Greg is obviously in charge with all all of uh, with whoever's on his board of what goes on the CrossFit. And given the recent years and the the explosion of CrossFit, the games have taken quite a bit of uh, spotlight on like social media, um, TV, um, publication. It's like the forefront of what people see CrossFit as, and a lot of people hear about CrossFit. But going back to like why I started CrossFit and, and and why almost everybody starts CrossFit, it doesn't really align with necessarily what CrossFit's about. And CrossFit is about like universal, like universal application of like fitness for the enhancement of your health. So I think that's where the games have taken over. Like people are doing this now for performance. A lot of people are doing performance and rightly so. Like everybody has their right and, and to choose you know what, what they how they want to you know apply their their fitness um, but what Greg Glassman has done in, in the interview with uh, morning chalk up is he said he's there they've they've laid off quite a bit of their media staff at in so is it Santa Santa Cruz Santa, yeah Santa, Santa Cruz California yeah. they've laid off quite a, laid off quite a bit of their media staff and they're changing the entire structure of the games or the game season, which has been around since like 2011, it's followed the structure of open regionals games. So step-by-step process, stage one being the open in February, March, stage two being regionals in May, and the games being July, August. So you three-step process, the season revolves around that, rinse, repeat. And everybody's goal, again, is to obviously get, get the games or you know perennial regional athletes, et cetera, et cetera. But now after, what is that? 2018, seven, eight years, um, and ten years of the games, they're now shifting the focus back to, I guess, what the end goal of CrossFit is, and that's health. And so, by laying off the big CrossFit media staff, and now saying that there's no more regionals, which is the second stage, and uh, what else? There's, there's a. Uh, they're moving the open. The Open's moving from February, March to October, and there's no more regionals, and now taking almost like like an Olympic-type feel, it's like they're having a representative from every country in some way, shape, or form, which we'll get to, again, we'll get to that in a second, but all these drastic changes kind of changes the landscape of how competition will be, and... I think they're addressing the right, personally, so just to kind of put it at the forefront, I think they're, the CrossFit is trying to do the right things, like, 
because um, at the end of the day, and if you look at our gym, 98, 99% of our population are here because like it has helped them some way, shape or form get healthier, whether that's stronger, faster, look better, whatever, they've gotten healthier. And that should be at the forefront of, of the affiliates and, and their, their business structure. But this does affect significantly two people sitting at the table all right, that have taken like cross it to the opposite end of the spectrum um, on the sports side versus just the fitness side. Um, so initially, just in my, and when I saw it, I, I liked it. As an affiliate owner, I liked it. As a coach of competitive athletes, now it gets a little bit tricky because um, it, it, whereas before they made the open so anybody can do it, Still anybody can do it, I'm sure, but you're not inclined to do it, if that makes sense. Because now, instead of there being a regional, you have to travel to go to the, the 16 you know, licensed competitions. So what they've replaced regionals with is, is 16 competitions across the world that could essentially get you a spot to the games. Much greater barrier to entry now. Yeah, like it's not just like I'll do the Open and then the regionals is always this time of year. It's like, okay, you've got to pick your competitions but even then obviously other details haven't been released like who how what's the qualification process how do you qualify for these competitions how do you register etc cetera, etc cetera. so Kieran mentioned he like you're talking about some kind of points system right where did you read that uh, I don't know if I read it or if I just came up with it on my own but I guess an idea that if you won each of these I guess you call them like a super regional competition that you would get X number of points depending on how you finish yeah. And then at the end, it ends up being a leaderboard. And I guess it's kind of like golf and the FedEx Cup yeah. and stuff like that. That's exactly. So the article that I sent you guys that yeah. Andrew Killian wrote was talking essentially relating it to golf, which would be a fair concept. But at the same time, in my personal opinion, like I get the, the inclusiveness of having a representative from every country and having that expansion. But... Currently, the Games has about 80 participants, just individuals. 80 participants. So that's 40-something men on the men, 40-something women. But by doing one from every, or a male and a female from every country, that's almost 300 participants in Madison, freaking Wisconsin. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's like even just that alone, like without hopefully not skipping too far ahead or just skipping around too much, but like right now just like where the state of CrossFit is in like South America and like how these athletes like they're working their asses off only one of them gets to come and then we see them get to the games and they usually generally like underperform and then now it's like okay so now we're opening up to like every country and like somebody proposed something like just preposterous like you know a, a person from Madagascar with a six minute friend now can go to the games but then it's like what's the weed-out process? I'm like, well, if there's a weed-out process, that freaking sucks if, like, you do that and then you get all the way to the games and within the first event, you're cut, you know? I've been Madagascar for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that might be short-term goals. Long-term goals, it's a, it's getting a, a wider demographic. It's, oh, it's yeah. in the hopes that these athletes are going to improve in these different countries and it's going to become a very worldly sport where everyone's doing Maybe that. to encourage someone to open an affiliate yeah. where there's not yeah. before. Yeah. And I'm also just 
the, the this whole like thing about a, a representative from every country and then the number of athletes that that would represent at the games is getting like tossed around a lot. And I mean, to your point about a six-minute Madagascaran athlete, is um, it Madagascar? I believe so. I think I actually like, saw this recently. Anyway, Madagascar. Madagascar. Um, I always saw the Pixar film, so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all I think about when I say that. I don't think it's related. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, that person um, again, depending on the qualification structure, uh, hopefully they're gonna really think long and hard about dropping, you know, like ten, fifteen grand to like mm-hmm. basically do all the things that you would really need to do to get to the games for like two minutes of competition. Right. Right. I mean that, you know. So to me, I, I'm not. I'm not so concerned about this uh, affecting the level of competition because I do think there's going to be a really strong weed-out process just on the basis of the logistics of getting to the games uh, and yeah. like the financials of mm-hmm. everything. That's a good point. I didn't even I didn't think of that because like hypothetically, if all 300 athletes make there make it there. You're almost diluting the competition, you know, or diluting the concept of like fitness honors because you. I mean, you could have Joe Schmo there. Yeah. Like from Madagascar, where he wouldn't hold a candle to, you know, I don't know, like somebody coming out of foundations at our gym, you know, just because yeah. he got first place in this country. Uh, but again, that, that not bashing on any like country's like abilities, but it's just like Madagascar is really mad right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Sorry, guys, because <laughs> they're listening to the podcast. They're like, first off, we don't even have a guy named Joe. <laughs> I think that's like where what I was saying that the target is the world and it starts now mm-hmm. it's going to start here and it's just going to keep building and it's like a 10 year goal 20 year goal yeah. and who knows where it's going to be then yeah. it's so it's so interesting too with like if you think like we know for a fact that the games are going to be in Wisconsin for until 2020 right and then now we've got these huge changes right before right as that's like it really almost feels like that contract's like almost over so then it's 2021 actually 2021 yeah so it's gonna be interesting to see like fucking Wisconsin. Does man. that did that then say like <laughs> they're not prepared? Those small town people are not prepared for what's about. They have never seen a Madagascar. Anymore. Right <laughs> now's their chance again. Globalization, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to like Julio. You made that point. Um, it's it, but like one of the questions I have right now, and I'd just be curious to hear all of your thoughts, is that. Um, so, Glassman talked about de-emphasizing the games. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest. I don't really understand how any of these changes are going yeah. to advance the goal of like CrossFit as a public health initiative. Yeah. When they're all really affecting the games. You see what I'm saying? Uh, well, like I get the like taking resources away from regionals and stuff to dedicate that money toward other things, but like giving people a spot at the games makes the games the emphasis. Right, exactly. Like, giving people in other countries a spot there, that makes it where that's how you're you're using the games to promote CrossFit. What's so you're doing the same thing. You think about, like, universities and, like, with sports and how they're like, we're not going to pay our student-athletes or we're not going to, like, push more money for those athletes, yeah. but it's like, no one knows about your university, like, except yeah. for what you do through sports. Sorry, like, Davidson. Like, yeah. sorry, Mary. Steph Curry and Steph Curry. It's like Davidson uni- or college, university, college. college. Like, Steph Curry, everybody knows Davidson because of Steph in, like, in the Final Four or, like, the, the, the March Madness in the tournament or whatever. But it's just, 
that's a great comparison, you know? Like, for Iceland. Yeah. Iceland's got all the women there, and just, like, CrossFit's, like, all in the news. And I don't know how it is in Australia. I've got to call Mallory and find out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Iceland's just, like, another country where, like, that's a, that's a huge thing because they have such, like, big figureheads. Yeah. And I got a little, a little bias with the uh, Mexican athlete that was represented. Brenda. At, uh, at the games, Brenda Castro. Yeah. And while she didn't, like, get top ten, I mean, she didn't go to the very bottom either. No. Right, so right. imagine where those athletes are going to be five, ten years from now. Yeah. They keep progressing the way they are. Yeah. And that, that's the thing, the progression part is uh, you had to talk about the financial demand to now, like, travel and do competitions. Like, the for we had granny games in like a week and a half and she's got to get a hotel she's alice has got to get a hotel she's got to fly and stay at a certain time like you food. know food you know transportation Good. like all these things that people forget like oh it's not just you're going to miami or you know uh st cloud or dubai and like, you still have to pay to enter the competition yeah you have to pay money to enter competition it's like Okay, now if I am doing this full time as an athlete, what happens? Right. Well, I mean, it's just it's so it's so interesting because like if you're a bubble athlete in the sense of like you're a really fit human being, but you're also like not sponsored, and maybe you haven't made it to regionals, but like you're in that like I don't know, let's even say like the 35 through 100 range, you know, like. You're, you're probably dabbling with, like, still possibly doing a full-time job as well as those things, but it's, like, how to make all of this work. And, yeah, you're like, dabbling with, like, homelessness. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and then if you're working a job that does allow you the time to, to train, it's probably not a high-paying job. And so it's, it's definitely, like, a sacrifice. Maybe we're all crazy for making such sacrifices for, for, for fitness, but it's, like, I wouldn't have... I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Like, I left seven years of teaching for various reasons, but it's it's been the best decision for me. And it's like, there's always, every year brings a new challenge and a new thing to overcome and um, to face. It's adulting. But, like, as a CrossFit athlete who's trying to make it to regionals, like, now that that target is moved, it's, it's I don't know, it's kind of exciting, but at the same time, it's just like, what do we do? I think we have to, like, also define what sacrifice is. Like, as a dictionary word, because yeah. it's like, if you make that decision, it's not a sacrifice. That's true. You know, if it means that much to you, like, people see it as a sacrifice, because it's like, oh, man, I can never live that lifestyle. But, like, what is a sacrifice to me may not be a sacrifice to you. And to kind of go back to, like, what Merit, Merit's original question of, like, de-emphasizing the focus on the games. Like, yeah. it's almost like... You've made it more. You've, like, blown it up now, because it's the only thing that's been highlighted in media. Yeah. It's just like, oh, my God, like... What, what have you changed to this huge media, like, megalopolis you've created yeah. with your company? Like, what's completely associated with, as Yeah, and it's like this, this money that we're, we're supposedly taking away from, from regionals and things like that, like, are you just simply rewriting that into, like, what are you rewriting that yeah. into? Like, how are you now, as a giant company, are you actually helping me and my personal box get more people to walk through my door? And that's, that a, that's a big question. Not just like, kind of like, they're still active and they're doing things. Like, is is that going to start happening? Are we going to start seeing that, you know? And then, um, yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's an affiliation. Like, to be called CrossFit Derive, it's an affiliation. We, we pay that fee every year. Next month, actually. And so it's just <laughs> like, you pay that fee every year to just to say that you're CrossFit. And after that, it's just like, 
you got the material. You like that's you. Like you go out of business, that's you. And it's just we. But outside of the seminars that they host, which again you still have to pay for. So like, what resources are they supplying? You have to pay for the cross journal. You know, they they post stuff on social media and up that you can borrow, but like. You can technically borrow that from somebody else completely unassociated from Russell. Like, what are they going to do with, say, the money that they were bleeding at regionals? You know, they said it cost a million dollars to do the Brazil or the Latin America regional, um, which is insane. Yeah. Like, for just a regional. And for none of that regional to go right. <laughs> Especially when yeah. they didn't even get their equipment. Yeah. yeah. And so it makes you wonder, like, holy shit, what was, what was the money they put into Dave and the games? Yeah. Like, if one regional... For three days was one million dollars. Yeah. Like that, that 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 he leaked. Holy shit! What were the games? I mean, you I mean they have a million dollars in prize money. And what? They're paying out a oh, million yeah, dollars in prize money. Just prize money. Yeah. Oh, but right. at the same time, they're making a lot of money off the festival tickets and the. Well, wasn't it I'm said like this year was the first year that they were actually in black? Like every year yeah. prior to, like they actually didn't make money on the games, which is where they say that. Uh, there was an article. I think it was. In, the morning chop-up with it? So. No shit. Yeah. And so, to me, it's kind of crazy that, like, you know, Dave has been given such free reign whenever this hasn't proven profitable for so long. You know, not just the first four years. Yeah. Like, we're talking about 11 years yeah. before it actually Have you watched The Good Place? Have you watched The Good Place? A few <laughs> yeah. years ago, like, reference the specific episode or something. <laughs> but, no, no, like, they, so the, the premise is the guy in The Good Place gets multiple chances to make this good version of hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he gets a million, million chances to do it because he said it'll be right, you know, it'll get right, it'll get right. But, like, maybe that was, like, Dave. Dave was, like, making hell for, you know, Wait, competitive athletes. So is Greg Glassman seen in this reference? Like, <laughs> yeah. The character is just a demon. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I want to know. Like, I want to know, like, Greg, like, where is this money? Like, not even the money, but, like, yeah. where are we going with this? Well, I mean, kind of, like, from... Maybe it's just they aren't going broke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're also split up in so many different ways because they have that. Now they've got that arm of political advocacy where they're yep. campaigning against Big Sugar. And, and that's what I'm kind of curious if that's what this is really about. That could be. Kind of putting more money and resources towards truly being strong enough financially to take out Big Soda. Uh, that's, that's a, that is a giant uphill battle. I mean, you're talking. But Coca Cola, are you to back down from David that. versus ten Goliaths? Right. Yeah, I mean, Coca Cola. If you look how much Coca Cola owns, like they just bought a share out of what's it called a Body Armor, like the the, the drink. Kobe. Yeah, yeah, which Kobe has like share in as well. It's just like, okay. But seriously, like I I am totally applauding CrossFit what they're trying to do and like the the, the stand they're trying to make. But like, are right, what is the end goal? Yeah. I, I just think you have to be careful because. Like, you're getting so much publicity from these top-level athletes, and if, like, that all goes away because, like, of, like, you now take away all those spots and you have spots all over the world, but then the games become saluted, and then it's, like, people don't care about it as much, like, you're losing all that publicity. You're losing those people who were, were invested and joined because they were inspired by someone like that. Yeah, I think the game is great advertising to get people through the door and... I mean, this goes to an article, article I read about weightlifting. I can see it both ways. I think the game sometimes prevents people from coming through the door because it's too intense. I agree. That's, that's, a, that's a whole other conversation as well. Um, like uh, in weightlifting, like in weightlifting died in America for a little bit, you know, with the drug testing and all that, and other countries just passing us. But again, a whole different with the politics and Olympics and whatnot. But 
you have to think about like the sports we have in America and the, the popular sports. It's like our basketball's got Michael Jordan, LeBron, whoever's your hero, Kobe. Football's got like Peyton Manning's and Jerry Rice is like, all right, these heroes. Swimmers like have like heroes, like um, people you reference to. And so CrossFit has, oh, I want to be like Rich Brown, I want to be like Matt Rich, I want to be like Catherine, I like Annie, I like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like at the end of the day, that that's that that concept of it being a sport gets people into the sport, you know. Even though like CrossFit's like technically what they're trying to define it now is black and white. It's either you're you're the fitness aspect, you're the sport aspect, which I get, but they feed into each other. You know, there's that gray area of like you bring people in and weightlifting like didn't have a hero for a long time which honestly it still doesn't yet but they have role models so weightlifting didn't start picking back up until recently because of CrossFit weightlifters you you better accept that like um, (laughs) well it's also like if because there's a competitive aspect it gets someone fitter like that's part of what gets people into CrossFit it's like intrinsic yeah yeah it's like oh like even if it's just like I want to be the fastest time on the whiteboard like obviously that's not what we're about but like if that gets you in the gym versus sitting on your couch, like, so be it. I, I think the other thing, too, though, is that, like, if you look at it from a business standpoint, from from Greg's perspective, I think it has more to do with, yeah, we've made a lot of difference in a lot of people's lives. Like, how many affiliates do we have worldwide now? What's the number? Like, Oh, I have no idea. Uh, it's, okay, we should know that number. Someone Google it. Um, hey, can you edit this in? Like, okay, Frank said it More than 15,000 globally. So, yeah, we have 15,000 affiliates, guys. Right. But then more if, you, than, if you just More than 15,000 like, affiliates, cut that out, put that in there earlier. <laughs> what, an average number is like 75 people out of box, you know? Yeah. But then from a business standpoint, we'll look at how what the obesity rate is and all this other stuff. From that standpoint, like I've, I've read it in an article before where it's like, where it's like I'm proud of this, but we are barely even tapping into the potential mm. of what this could be and how many people we could help. And so yeah. I get I get it from that standpoint. And so I think like for us that um, those of us who are drawn to this just because of the competitive nature, it's easier for us to be like, well, this is great. Like this is what works, and it's like it's what worked for us. But you've got some people who maybe they're 150 pounds overweight. And I think through, um, you know, a lot of, you know, emotional baggage that comes with that, it's hard to walk into a class that is intense, that even people who might be in that class and still kind of overweight don't know what 150 pounds overweight is. And so I think, like, if we are concerned with health first, we've got to look at, like, how can we change maybe how we approach this and how we invite people in? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean... That I just think it's going to be interesting how, like, you're going to target that. Like, oh, for sure. Like, I don't what, have the solution. Yeah, like, like what the... Like, like, but I mean, like, what their changes are yeah. going to be that could target that. Because at the same time, like, there's an element that makes CrossFit CrossFit. Yeah. And, like, it is intense. It is, like, yeah. fair variety or whatever. But... So you don't want to change that to cater. I don't think you would. I think the the... the the various movements, I think the intensity, all that's going to be there because it's going to be at everyone's own relative intensity. Like right. We talk about that. So I just think, like, it's going to be interesting. How are you going to, like, keep that, but then, like, keep target the someone aspect. who's yeah. scared of that intensity, essentially. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think you guys also think about, so at, a, at a, a seminar that I attended when I first went to the gym, like, everybody knows it now, it's like Denver John. 
to a seminar and he said, he asked the, the people that were there, he's like, all right guys, who is your main competitor? And people raised their hands, they like said, Globo Gym, the gym down the street, et cetera, et cetera. And he was like, no, your, your competitor, from a business standpoint, is the couch at home. Because if you're, if you're worried about your competitor stealing from you, or you're worried about the members of another gym, you're already losing. So it's like we're as a as a I guess you look at us as fitness and health. Mm-hmm. If we're in that industry, we're fighting to get people off the couch. We're fighting to spread the word and say, "Hey, come try CrossFit." Mm-hmm. Um, hey, it is intense. Hey, relative intensity, mm-hmm. right? Or we do help normal people. We quote unquote normal people like. Not everybody looks like Taylor. Not everybody looks like Allison. So it's just like not everybody looks like you. Yeah, you know, right, don't I mean, don't downplay it. Like, don't when, downplay. when people walk in the door, it's just like they, there isn't. There obviously is an intimidation factor. You know, you see guys with their shirts off, girls with their shirts off. You see like ripped bodies, sweaty bodies. But it's just like, all right, how do you get rid of that intimidation? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like these are questions we can't answer. Yeah. Until. Mm-hmm. That five years from now, that that yeah. popular guy named Mary Glassman comes out <laughs> and just says like, "Cross the Santa Claus," and just like, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do. With, this is how we're gonna help, like affiliates. This is how we're gonna help. You know, we have to grow exposure, exposure, knowledge, yeah. information. Because just today I had a conversation with somebody at coffee that was like, "What is CrossFit?" And people still don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people, a lot For of people sure. have no idea what CrossFit is. Every time I get asked about it, it's like, "You guys flipping tires?" Like that's all yeah. they know to them. They think boot yeah. camp. They yeah. think we're still doing that, and and there's a lot of ignorance out there. And I think the goal is exposure. Yeah. Let's let's get more people on board. Yeah. And there's a lot of like Kieran's been around for a while. Like Kieran's thing crosses like oh seven. Uh oh nine. Oh nine. And he's like Kieran was a tire flipper. Kieran, I, yeah. I graduated. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was a graduation thing when I first got on foundations. You got a, you got a chance to flip the tire. You got to go flip the tire, and so. There's uh, that one documentary that showed the dudes like nailing nails. You've seen that one, oh, right? That was the very yeah. first game. Yeah, yeah. One of the events was you what? had to nail a nail into the... Right. And it was like a bunch of nails, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I didn't see that. I think you had to hammer a piece of rebar into the ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And then, like, <laughs> people's hammers broke. Like, well, one lady broke. missed and, like, oh. hit her hand. Unknown and unknowable. And then Dave just walks away. Every second counts is what the documentary is called. Yeah, yeah. Every second counts. Um, I guess to kind of sum it up, it's like, okay, I'm excited from an affiliate standpoint to see, like, what Greg has to offer. And I'm going to be real pissed. If he offers nothing. If it's just, like, nothing. Because it's just like, hey, I would love to find a way to help my members better. To help our gen pop better. To offer better service. To, like, give you the biggest bang for your buck. You know, like... Yeah, like I love helping comp- the competitive athletes. I love helping, um, like Alex or Taylor. She like they're really high lofty goals. But I also like seeing somebody coming in and be like, "Hey, um, we had an athlete um, come in there. She she was like, hey, I, I carried my dog up the stairs today for the first time in a long time because she had some knee issues that we worked on.' And um, Sarah, mm-hmm. and she's like, she's like the imbalance work worked, you know, nice. or the, 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 the corrective exercises worked. And so that is such a good feeling, you know, and, and it's like, it's not fleeting, but it's not, doesn't happen often, but it's almost more rewarding than like 
Allison saying she got tendon broken muscles. Yeah. You know? I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like so it's it's just one of those things like, okay, how do we keep going with that? How do we, you know, how are they how's Carlson gonna do that? So I don't know, Mer- Merit's brought up a good question. It's just like how are you Did we really shift the focus? Right, did you really shift the focus from the games to the affiliate or do you just shift it differently? You know? Like did you dress also, in a different different costume? I also think it's gonna be really interesting because there's been a lot of people like talking about like, oh, like enjoy the process, trust the process, mm-hmm. get just get better. Mm-hmm. And like this is really gonna test if they're about yeah. that or if they're about I wanna be a regional athlete, I wanna be a games athlete. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a that's a conversation to kinda of talk about like later is yeah. all these athletes that, that are quote unquote athletes that are quote unquote professional. It's like now you start to draw a line in the sand of like, okay, how professional are you willing to be? You know, are you willing to, you know, travel so-and-so here and here without any sponsors? Are you willing to spend this amount of money to potentially not even come close to making it? Like, but because essentially if you really shift the mindset, these 16 competitions are just regional opportunities. Mm -hmm. It is regionals, you know, like they've just, again, dressed it in a different costume. Yeah. It is regionals. They're just outsourcing it because they don't want to pay for it anymore. Yeah. You know? I'm just excited to see what the whole process is going to be. Yeah. And I, I would be shocked if, I mean, we are talking about the scale a little bit, but like, I would really be shocked if, if the new scenario is going to make it harder for X athlete to make the games. Yeah. It just doesn't seem to kind of square up with having that many, like, you know, new regional competitions or whatever you want to call them. It, it doesn't square up. Yeah. And it makes me wonder if Greg was just talking out of his butt. Well, yeah. So in this new scenario, you're going to take the top 20 athletes in this area and send them to Wadapalooza. Right. I'm also curious. And the top five go to the game. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Wait a second. This is the exact same. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Dave's like, Greg, can I help you with that? <laughs> if you feel me explain, Greg, I can figure this out. I'll explain dramatically. Yeah. So, for the first time. <laughs> We're repeating. Yeah. All of the previous events. <laughs> Do you ever see them going to, I guess, the, like you said, the Olympic model, where it's like either uh, once every four years or a biannual competition? I don't want Merritt to expand upon that because Merritt was really good about talking about the Olympics. I think that'd be an ideal situation for athletes, but that again, that changes the whole dynamic of professional. Well, I feel like there's more of a push now because CrossFit's the one sport without an off season, right? Yeah. Like everybody's always competing. And Lucas Parker was super public about that. He's like. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I just can't do it anymore. I need to take a break. Yeah. So he took this year off and like, he's going to try to I feel like because the sport's still so new, if you went to every four years, it's like would limit the publicity of it. But I feel like you could do every two. If it was every two, that'd be, that'd be, that would help athletes. I think. I think if it was every four, like then you get into the timeline. Like as someone who is 31 now, like if you like told me like, oh, hey, the format that we're having this year, like it's actually not going to like pay off until four years from now. Like, okay, cool. Like I definitely got into the sport way too late. Yeah. You know, even the changes of potentially like how it is now, it's like, you know, it's just like the timing of it is very interesting for me. Like, okay, like, cool. I've had a really expensive hobby for the past couple of years (laughs) or, you know, what is this going to turn out to look like? But yeah, but I mean, there's that's what the Olympics is, and there's athletes like Morgan King who 
qualify uh, yeah. for the first time and she's sure. 30 yeah I think she's 30 but I think like with the demands of what CrossFit does on the body not saying that like weightlifting is not hard on the body oh, yeah. but already I think it's very prevalent within CrossFit competitive CrossFit to have overuse overtrained issues because we just don't like it's always evolving like we're trying to figure out what that that ideal thing is for each individual like I think it'd be a lot harder to space out meaningful competition like that. yeah I mean I, I think that um, I'm trying to think of like all the events that are kind of like this every four years you've got the Olympics and the World Cup and I, I don't know, I'm racking my brain but anyway but those events came about, you know, way back when organizing a global international event, trying to do it every year was almost impossible because we didn't have the internet, you didn't have like the communication that we have now. So from one point of view, it's, it's really much more possible for these kind of competitions to take place more frequently. Um, and so I think it's a good thing in that regard. Um, but I definitely see what you're saying that for the top tier athletes, maybe having another uh, every other year sort of structure would be easier on the body and kind of produce like a higher product at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but every four years would be tricky. Mm-hmm. Every four years like that, you know, a lot can go on. Yeah. Four years with. But like it, it, with the Olympics of weightlifting, there's like there's stuff every year, or every two years. It's just not as big. There's like worlds or there's like Pan Ams, you know. And so maybe the games have like, oh, Invitational comes back again. You know, <laughs> great, cancel it, but it's back every two years, you know? Yeah. Or it's like interesting because in weightlifting you have like these local meets, and then you have like your national meets, and then you have worlds, and then you have the Olympics. And like obviously the Olympics is like the biggest thing, but like it's still like a qualification process to like qualify for nationals or like to make a world team is still like a really tough thing but then you might only have three people from your country that actually make the olympics so like some sort of format like that where it's like you still have these things that you're qualifying for but it's not the games mm-hmm. but it's like an i think that's what here was kind of is that what you're referencing like having the qualification like certain certain countries get a certain amount of uh athletes yeah i think that would make sense i mean that would like you're gonna cut out so-and-so athletes from america when, you know, China's got not as many good athletes like that. Because, like, there needs to be a balance between, like, expanding and including the world, but also, like, keeping that level of competition. Yeah. I mean, and we really have to consider how young the sport of CrossFit is. Mm-hmm. You're talking 11 years of games, like, yeah. or the Olympics is how old? Yeah, modern Olympics is, like, you know, basically 1900. So. Yeah. And you're talking about, like, even football, like American football, there's been like 57 Super Bowls. Yeah. Well, they're definitely thinking about their viewership. Who's their demographic? Who is watching the games? Yeah. How can we get more people to be excited about watching these games? And where are they coming from? Are they just coming from boxes? Are they friends of friends? Does your friend compete? You just happen to see it on and you like watch it for two minutes and then you change the channel? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the Olympics is easy to get behind. You can be 150 pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. You can be as fit as you want. You're going to watch the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, certain countries are going to watch it of certain events more than others. Like, America's like, oh, big track and field, big swimming, yeah. big gymnastics kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we don't watch cricket. cricket, badminton, you know, whatever. But, like, India probably doesn't give a shit, two shits about track and field or swimming. 
they're like, oh, badminton. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. so, I don't know Karen did this ever. I also think it's interesting <laughs> because, like, people are kind of up in arms right now about CrossFit changing, and it's like, but there's still, like, like it's just the off-season right now, or the, quote, off-season, yeah. whereas, like, weightlifting, like, they just changed the weight classes now, and you're halfway through a quad. Like, you've been training for two years already. Mm-hmm. A quad is, is, is years terms, so, like, the like four years four year Olympic cycle for the, and like if you have to change weight classes it's not just like a oh yeah I'll eat a little more like yeah, it's not five pounds it's yeah. like you need five pounds or like you need to put on all that muscle like you yeah. need to actually fill it out so change isn't isn't new in sport yeah change like for example last year in the NFL it's like they voted to change or two years ago they voted to change the length of the extra point mm-hmm. it's like a 33-35 yard field goal but it's just like that affects the game that affected the competition level so it's just like I think this is just another another step of evolution of like how are you going to affect the top level competition but that's the thing that frustrates me is Greg doesn't say that yeah he can't it's not smart he just can't he's got to keep that kind of like that your desire high and it's smart it's so smart business wise I think it's just because he knows like, there's no way he doesn't know okay for, for, for a vote around the table do you think Yes or no? Do you think Glassman is trying to create more attention to the games and the sport, or is he legitimately trying to, you know, grow the health aspect of CrossFit? So, like, games or health aspect? Not yes or no. So I that's not health your aspect question. is the brand that is going to reach the masses. So that's his end goal. The so. brand. Yeah. I would say health aspect, too. You think he's going to do health aspect? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, like, in Morning Talk Up, there was a quote from him saying, like, you know, uh, he said that whenever he goes to the games, he doesn't watch the games. And uh, he has tons of people that, you know, will come up to him and share stories about losing weight or getting off medication and, like, whatever else. And he's like, those are the people I'm there for. And he was like, I don't need another person coming up to me at the games to tell me, like, there's more to CrossFit besides the games. He goes, I know that. Tell Dave that. And I was like, in quote. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I couldn't believe, like, it was so direct to Dave like that. So, but bro, to kind the, of the person, that, the person that, that lost the weight is at the games. Like, yeah. they paid to be there. That's very true. Yeah. Like, you know? he's, I, we walk by Greg Glassman all the time when he's yeah. at a little booth in Carson. And, and there's always a line of people waiting to talk to him because mm-hmm. he's like the founder of CrossFit. And it's yeah. just like, well, these people that you talk to are at the games. Yeah. Like, I think it goes back to that university and the. Most people wouldn't recognize you in public. Model, like, <laughs> you want to say it's not about the athletes, but, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious too, like, uh, just like Friday Night Lights, you know, with like the open and stuff like that. Like, how's, like, is that, is the open going to feel the same? You know? I think that's up to the affiliate. Yeah. So, you know. Um, like I love the open, I, I love the, the the competitive aspect of it and what it brings out. But it's, I mean, we did. Uh, I didn't do as good of a job as I wanted this year in, in making the open as fun as possible. Um, I still owe cookie cakes and t-shirts. Um, Woo! But uh, guys, it's only the end of August. Still <laughs> um, wait, the open's in October. Shoot. Um, but like, it's. I think it's up to the affiliates to have the open become like something more fun. You yeah. know, like, but. Uh, yeah. Did you guys spend any time with that CrossFit Health 
yeah. the conference or yeah. but that was running like concurrently with the game yeah. at the same time. Yeah. That is the the most interesting thing about this season, in my opinion. And I, I hesitate to even say it because my opinion is not fully formed uh, on this CrossFit health. Uh, it was a huge logo over the field. Yeah, so I noticed that, and that 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 to me was a really when I was watching the games. I I was like, what affiliate is that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn, they they so made me all that name. <laughs> but it just kind of like it makes your. It kind of like made the hairs of the back of my neck stand up because it was such a clear, yet subtle but very clear signal that this is something that we're really behind, yeah. and that you may be here for the games, but there's this huge thing going on, and we want you to know about it. Yeah, I think it's, I mean they put that there for a reason. Yeah. So I mean, I, they even had like Julie Fouché, like she did her podcast right. on stage and like all that other stuff. So it was uh, cool. Well. I think that's a good first one, guys. We'll see who listens to the whole 60 minutes of this. Fast forward, guys. Fast forward. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, Kieran and I will work on marking, marking key points. We um, definitely need feedback and what you guys want to hear and things like that. For yeah, sure. so is, if you guys got some things we want, you want to talk us to talk about, I don't know, like where Taylor got her muscles or where Allison learned to talk or where Hulu gets his tattoos. Merrick gives swim lessons. Swim lessons, guys. Merrick gives swim lessons. So if you need to learn how to swim, myself included, seek out Merrick, the guy at 6am. But yeah, guys, thanks, Kieran, for bringing bringing this out, bringing us together. Um, Julio, Merrick, thank you for coming. Well, hopefully either get either new, uh, new people or the same people. I'm down for whatever. Thanks for